0: I don't know that I'm ready. Oh, uh, well, I'm I mean, sorry
1: that you're not ready. Well, I mean,
0: there, there may be details that haven't been worked out yet that need to be before we you know, go live, as they say, even though we're not live.
1: Well, actually, I should have looked up more about Jacques Brel.
0: I could edit all this out, though, so okay. it would be easy. <laughs> or I could just proceed with it. It's! <laughs> I don't know what, what the heck. That doesn't work. Jeez. Um... 8.47 a.m. Saturday, January the 30th, 2021. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill Diane <laughs> I always, whenever, whenever I start doing that part, I never know if I'm going to be able to do the <laughs> part, because sometimes my throat is just not in the right place for it.
1: Was it in the right place for Not
0: it? really, no. <laughs> okay. That's why it was a shorter <laughs> than usual.
1: I'm so sorry.
0: It's all right. I'll let it go. I'm willing to let it go. A lovely Saturday morning, and once again, it's almost February. I know. Of the new year that I haven't even learned how to write yet. <laughs> you know? Unbelievable. It's, uh,
1: See, this is why I like my job is that I'm constantly writing. Yeah, I know.
0: You've got one of those jobs. It. If I was still working in radio, I would have this. Because that was one of the things that, you know, as a public service, one would always. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Be sure to not <laughs> <laughs> goof up. <either. laughs> goof up what year it was? Nah, I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm giving the date, yeah.
1: Just in case other people had also forgotten. Right. right. Yeah, the public service. Okay. You know, like if the radio announcer was <laughs> was still doing 2020, and yeah. everybody'd say, "Oh yeah, that's right. It oh, is yeah, still yeah. 20." Yeah. Oh wait, what?
0: <laughs> okay. I think we've gone enough far enough down that tangential little one artery there. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely Saturday morning, and it's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine, as per usual. Over to you, Diane. Already? Yes. What? I've been kibitzing long enough. <laughs> that, I've done my... That's
1: your kibitzing for the <laughs> that, morning. See, I told
0: you I wasn't ready.
1: Anyway, well, lots of things are happening.
0: Lots of things are happening. Yes, that is the truth.
1: For example, your poetry book is going to be
0: arriving soon. My poetry book is supposed to be here on Wednesday.
1: It's so funny how
0: see, you'll
1: be working on something for a long time, and then when it starts wrapping up, it just goes... I
0: know. That's true. But see, you have to understand, this is the first time I've you know, hired an outside online print outfit to print my book. And it's going to be better, a better binding than I've ever had before. Because... My previous poetry books, you know, I laid them out on my computer. I printed out master copies and went over to Kinko's and, you know, had a bunch run off. And then just stapled, the bindings were just stapled, you know. But this is going to look a lot more like a real book. I mean, I've got poetry books upstairs that have the exact same binding as my poetry book's going to have. So it feels more real because of that. And the other thing that makes it feel more real is that there was someone else involved in it besides me. That being you <laughs> the thing that made people need to understand right from jump that the thing that made this poetry book come together was Diane kind of correcting me in the organization of the book
1: I think it's we talked like, about it on a previous we? show did we, we did
0: she didn't write the poems but the so much of what makes a poetry book effective is the way the poems are presented the sequence the the uh, if there are sections, if they're named sections, what they mean, and, you know, how the... Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. ...tonality of the different pieces... You oh, boy. ...create a flow. That's good coffee. Now, there aren't that many people who, like you have said, like we've talked about, there aren't that many people who pick up a, pick up a book of poems and read it front to back. That doesn't happen that frequently, and, and I lose touch with that because I do it all the time. Um, but I feel like... My my weakness has always been and was especially so in this particular collection is in how to organize the book, not how to write the poetry or finish or start or although you helped me edit a couple of poems too. You didn't change any words, but you said, hey, this poem is two poems. And I went, oh, you're right. As soon as I broke them in two, they made more sense, each one. And that was, you know. That's the kind of help I have not had since college. You know. uh, but how to organize the, the energy flow of the book. I am used to creating sets of music that, that are varied enough to where somebody does not get stuck in any one tonality. But I'm not experienced with that in poetry book. I actually thought originally that separating the tonalities would be a cool way to organize the book. You know, and I wasn't thinking about how each poem was going to build uh, an oppressive kind of condemnatory uh, tone. <laughs> uh, I just was looking at the individual poems and what they were about in my head. You know? So having another set of eyes looking at it and saying, no, this is not the way to do it because this does not represent you, which is what I would probably prefer to do. I would not want to create a poetic persona that does not ref- reflect who I am that would kind of be antithetical to you know my basic creative principles <laughs> <laughs> what was I talking about at the beginning of this paragraph oh well but Diane's hand in organizing the book so that it was more like a set of music more like a set of songs that will carry an audience over a lot of different kinds of terrain, thereby remaining interesting, uh, was what this book needed because my eyes did not see what needed to be seen. And you know, any other poet who is publishing a poetry book, it passes through many eyes, many many editorial eyes. Every poet that I've ever known who's gotten anywhere always thanks his editor. Any author, novelist, whatever, always are thanking their editor because the editor is the person who sees things like that from a, with a fresh pair of eyes, and it's just between the author and the editor, and it says, what if you did this? Yeah. And it gives the author a chance to see his own work or, for, or her own work from a different perspective, and that often is very key to the success or failure of a collection.
1: Well, it Boy. interested me that when you first brought this up as because you had asked me before to help yeah. select and all that but uh i just didn't feel confident to do that you
0: know but well, neither did i which was the but, reason i wanted help was because i didn't feel confident and i i i feel like what is missing in my poetry is the audience reaction that i've had with my songs for you know 50 years um so I I haven't done poetry in front of people enough to gauge what works and what doesn't like I can all the time with my songs. So
1: but once I knew what what the what license you would give me to to take care of the collection in a different way. Um. Then it seemed to go really fast right. because then I I thought okay now I know what I want to do because I well, I just didn't I, know, I must to... not
0: have explained it well when I was asking for help you know I did not I, I didn't know how to articulate what it was I actually felt I needed yeah but when you came back to me with that I knew it, that was it that's exactly what I needed to hear because it let me look at all of it as a collection from a more objective point of view than I was able to attain on my own.
1: I also feel that when one of the things that you were doing was just representing your more current poetry, and I just felt like there's lots of other uh, <laughs> poems that have not had adequate representation that de- deserve to be in this collection. But anyway... That's an exciting thing to me.
0: Yeah, to me too. To me too. And my one regret is that I did not thank Alice more profusely in the book for her artwork. I just said, you know, cover art, copyright 2021 by Alice Davey. I should have thanked Alice. Because I'm going to tell you folks, the cover sells it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Even though I'm not going to charge any money for this book, you'll want it for the cover. (laughs) It's whatever's true. between the covers will be secondary. Um, <laughs> but that's okay because I, I think Alice is a good artist.
1: I think she's a wonderful artist. Yeah. Well, and actually the uh, um, the reason why we are choosing the music that we uh, are choosing for today came from a conversation I had with Cat about doing the the poetry. Oh. Collection editing.
0: Really?
1: Yeah. It was really interesting because um, Kat and I were just talking about what's been happening recently. And I was telling her about the poetry book. And she was really excited. I read her the introduction that I wrote to the poetry book, which is explaining the whole process. Yeah. and And then she started telling me a story that I didn't... It, that I knew was going to have some tie back into the this, but but she started telling me um, a story about Jacques Brel's songs, and and uh, and we got into all sorts of tangents along the way, and uh, she's she was going to be singing at at a little place that was like a pizza place, I think, but they had music and and people were really uh drawn to this place
0: is this is this pre pandemic yes yeah. okay
1: when she was young
0: oh.
1: and not not recently but and the owner of the place wanted her to sing somewhere over the rainbow and and he wanted her to wear this particular little outfit. And so what?
2: Like, <laughs> uh, like, what? A, what? like a,
1: a dress that would sell the song. <laughs> and she said, yeah, that's a really wonderful song. Um, but can I suggest a oh another kind of a song that is a little less worn by everybody else? And she suggested this song, Marika. By Jacques Brel. And he listened to it and he was going, eh, nah, I don't really think I want to do that. And and then he talked to some reviewer who was saying, Oh, Jacques Brel, you're so wonderful. You go you should let her sing it. So so he decided to let her sing it. And and she said that it was so interesting that no uh no person in the audience knew the theme of the music that she knew. Know that she was singing this because it's all in it's uh, French and Flemish. And as she was singing, she would look out over the audience and people were weeping, you know, while she was singing it. And that the audience was so quiet that when this bottle fell in the in the uh, audience and and it rolled down the aisle that it was just like this thundering because everybody was just totally still anyway so we were talking about our love of Jacques Brel but the whole point that she had been bringing all this around so because then we were talking about Judy Collins who introduced us to Jacques Brel and then uh, and she was talking about the play jacques brella's alive and living in paris is it live and well and living in paris yeah. live and well and living in paris and then we were off on that but then she brought it back around by saying that in this particular lineup of of songs that you never put all of the the songs that would be too melancholy together because it would but that there were a lot of melancholy songs, and they were wondering why it wasn't more melancholy in the whole. And it was sort of the 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 order in right. the which they were sung. Right. And so I was I was thinking with songs, you definitely because I was you and I have talked a lot about the order of your songs on a Tuesday night. You always say you would like to start with a real stomper, you know, something that's upbeat. Then you you know, you're playing the, the emotional landscape. Yeah. But, um, and I think poetry has the same effect.
0: Right. But it takes practice, you know, to learn how to organize something. Even if, even if it's strictly visceral in your body, you kind of have a sense of what is called for next. Right. To keep a, a kind of variety going, but not also not to leave anybody in, in any one place too long. But I just don't have any experience doing that with my poetry because I don't read my poetry the way a reader does, you know. I mean, when I sing a song, we're all listening to the same melody and the same rhythm. Right. But poetry doesn't have music to carry it. And so the tone is established by the words alone. And my my perception of the tone of any one of my poems is always going to be different from a, from a reader's because there is... We don't have the common melody yeah. to attach ourselves to, you know. Anyway, it's it's makes poetry more a more subtle thing to try and do an organization of in a set or you know in a book. So I would imagine it would take more practice, or would have taken more practice to learn how to do that with poetry than it has with songs. So it's an interesting little. Uh, it's interesting to us. Uh, my perception is that what we've been talking about for the last <laughs> 15 minutes or so will always probably be more interesting to us than to the listeners. Stand.
1: I think that the Bill and Diane show is always more interesting to us than it <laughs> is to the I listeners. guess that's one of the things
0: that makes it valuable <laughs> to us.
1: Well, yeah. you, when you first presented this whole concept, you said, we'll just talk like we usually talk uh, on a Saturday morning, yeah, and, okay. and that's what we're...
0: I guess that's which, what we're doing. That's
1: what we're doing.
0: But Jacques Brel, I, you know, John Denver introduced me to Jacques Brel, but closely followed by Judy Collins, and uh, I think I got a better impression of Jacques Brel through Judy Collins and, Song than the one that John Denver picked on one of his albums. It's one of his early albums, but uh, he did the song Amsterdam that always kind of—it's kind of jarring listening to that album and then suddenly hears Amsterdam. And you're kind of like, whoa! But I appreciate the fact that John Denver was the one who really taught me about the fact that there's a world of people writing these songs. You know, yeah. This is when I was in middle school or something like that, and it—I I'd, I'd, I'd never—I'd never really thought about songs as a writing project before that you know i'd sung songs my whole life but it never had occurred to me because i was already writing poetry by the time i you know had this kind of realization and started realizing that when john when john denver sings a song by john prine that should take me to john prine in the same way that if i listen if i read a copy of american poetry review and i really like some poems of the, the five poems that are presented of this one poet, I should go there, you know. I should do. I should find out about the source material. I should buy a book of that person's poetry, or I should listen to some John Prine, or some Tom Paxton, or some, you know, uh, Hoyt Axton, or any of a number of other, or Jacques Brel, any of a number of other uh, uh, songwriters that John Denver was covering on his albums. So
1: well, that. I I had not realized when I was young and listening to Judy Collins, but that was one of her great gifts, I think, was that she introduced you to a lot of right. fantastic songwriters. Right. She herself was a wonderful songwriter. Yeah. I loved Judy Collins' songs that she wrote, yeah. but then she did interpretations of other people's music that still are my favorite uh, versions yeah. of their music yeah, yeah, yeah. like leonard cohen yeah. and um i when i first heard some of suzanne and sung by judy collins i was just totally undone yeah. and so i i had not realized because when you're young and listening to something you're not really thinking about who wrote the song you're, not really you're thinking
0: just about where the song came from yeah. yeah
1: but as you get older and you start realizing oh that was leonard Cohen and she just had a marvelous ability to to uh, interpret interpret a song yeah. and, uh, and and put she, her
0: put her own stamp on it yeah and, and it's that's an ability I don't think I possess the cover tunes that I do I'm trying to sound like the person who wrote it <laughs> maybe it's because I'm a songwriter well
1: and it's a, a, a quality that i I don't know that I would agree with you on that, Bill, because I really love your your yeah. version of Eric Taylor's yeah. Two Fires. And I think that I like it better than when I've heard him sing it. Mm. Although you tell me that it was sung differently when... That it was sung like you sing it when Eric Taylor was performing it on stage that yeah. you saw. But, but Cat is definitely got that ability to yeah. interpret yeah. Uh, music, and I really wish that I could hear her sing Marika.
0: Yeah, I what? bet it would be gorgeous.
1: Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she would do it she would. really well. She would. Anyway, so the other thing is, you know, it's just a work week this week. We, we had a wonderful time at the Treehouse concert. Yeah. I really, th- there were lots of people there this time. Uh-huh. There were 46... Um, viewers at one point. Jeez. The thing that I really love too is that there are kids in the audience. Yep, I like that too. Um, Henry and Axel and Levi.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. It's a nice. Uh, it's yeah. It's
1: and a- speaking of interpreting songs, I loved it when you sang "Morningtown Ride." That was wonderful. So, what? Uh, you know, I'm kind of going back to the, the conversation we were just having about interpretations of songs. Yeah. And I was thinking, isn't it interesting that sometimes the, the singer themselves, uh, the songwriter themselves, don't sing the songs as well as some other people do their songs? Because mm-hmm. I did check into Jacques Brel, and I, he has a beautiful voice, but for some reason it didn't, the, his version think, of Marika didn't the, capture me.
0: I think the first version you hear is the one that, that imprints itself on you and everything is judged against it. I think that's part of an explanation. Yeah. Of why that is. Um, but a lot of times guys who write songs aren't that great of musicians, you know, they're just trying to deliver the song. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I don't know, I, I've known songwriters who write songs for other people to sing. They don't necessarily yeah. write it for themselves. You know, They're not a, what would be called a singer-songwriter, they're just a songwriter. Burt Bacharach, I would count as that. Burt Bacharach did not, was not a recording artist on his own, really, yeah, that's for true. a long time, until his songs became famous. you know, Dionne Warwick, somebody like that would sing it. So anyway, this seems like a
1: hodgepodge. It
0: seems this seems like a show made of little fragmentary tangents. You know? it's, <laughs> but it's nice. I like it. This is uh, this is a, our conversation. This is a fair representation <laughs> of our of our conversation. But boy, sometimes it's you know the weeds get kind of deep. And, but I like it. So let's play music.
1: Yeah, the the two Jacques Brel songs that. Kat and I were even talking about uh, I think that Judy Collins did four of his songs that I can recall Um, but the two that really captured Kat and and my attention both was Marika and Sons Of and I had forgotten that Sons Of was by Jacques Brel until she said that Um, and I said oh my gosh, Sons Of just Undid me from the time I heard it, yeah. and that was when I was young, and yeah. I was. Colors
0: of the Day was a standard in my, my room when I was a kid. That, I would listen to that thing all the way through. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, it's a best of collection, and I kind of regretted it because I didn't, I didn't like buying best ofs. Yeah. Um, but. It was, it's a really good album on its own.
1: Well, that was the album I first turned it on, and yeah. it was with my brother that um, my brother introduced that album into our, our uh, household, and Gary and I just love that album. We listen to it all the time.
0: The smoky quality of Judy Collins's voice makes her voice particularly uh, well-matched by strings. And I think that's one of the things that that whoever produced her album or her own thoughts were that that to bring orchestration into her arrangements really sold it because her voice blends so well with strings and they create they create a uh, their own kind of instrument by being combined the way that she does. So that was one of the things I used to listen to and wonder about yeah. uh, when I listened to that album is who comes up with these arrangements, these string parts and stuff like that which can be so much what carries the melody and carries the energy of the song, you know.
1: Um, well, the uh, I have mentioned before that I actually interviewed her at one point and she has a classical background. That's her that was her education. education. Is she still and she alive? Is uses she, it? She I'm pass? pretty sure she's still alive. Oh,
0: okay, good. I thought so. Because I remember you were using past tense for a while then. I was like, wait a minute. is Judy Collins, Did Judy Collins pass away and I didn't know it? Oh,
1: no. I'm just talking about yeah. it from the old recordings. The old recordings, right. yeah. No, but I, uh, I always think about the fact that my brother and I did listen to the... Colors of the Day, and we had left it behind somehow, or or maybe my mom actually bought that album because she liked the album too, but she couldn't listen to it after we left because it was so melancholy, and she was feeling sad about, you know, she was feeling the empty nest syndrome and listening to this album that we
0: loved yeah. in this melancholy. I've got I've got seven or eight albums that I can't listen to anymore without getting weepy about being my kids when my kids were small, you
1: know. And the other little tangential thing that I will mention about the song that we, uh, the song Marika, which is uh, the song that started this whole conversation, was that my grandmother was from Belgium, and Jacques Brel is is a Belgian singer-songwriter. And so when I first heard this song, I was also enchanted by the fact that it was about Belgium because my grandmother didn't talk a lot about it because she had had a stroke when we were kids, so I never really got to hear very much about her childhood. She would kind of go off into these random stories, but she would always end up weeping at the end of them and as a child, you just don't get it. But as an adult, I realized that she was a refugee from Belgium during the war. And probably the reason why she didn't talk about her childhood that often, and if she did, ended up weeping, was because Belgium was such a a war zone, you know, so all all her beloved friends and, you know, you don't know what happened to them. And so I didn't hear much about Belgium, um, but I tried to, I took French in high school just so that I would be able to talk to my grandmother in her native tongue. But I didn't realize until I was talking to her in that, in French, that she spoke a different kind of French that had a lot of Flemish in it, too. Mm-hmm. Um and because she'd use words, and I was being thinking, "Whoa, what, what is that? I don't even know what that is." And then I'd look it up, and it wasn't a French word. Uh, so this uh, song is sort of a representation of that because it's got Flemish and French in it, and I think that that was something that really interested me about. The, does
0: the Flemish have a more of a Germanic kind of feel to it in it's, terms of the sound? It's of actually because it? I was listening to the song, and I was wondering, is this in French or is this in German?
1: No, it's in, uh, uh, it's like Dutch, you know, the, it's more in Netherlands that it's coming from.
0: Okay. So. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting little minutiae. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's cool. It'd be cool if you got, you and I, the far show got known for its (laughs) (laughs) minutiae.
1: The, the song, because you were saying, what's the song about? Yeah. And it's basically a song of, uh, I want to say, a youthful love that is, um,
0: being grieved for, or something. Being
1: remembered and, and grieved for, and yeah. uh, and the Bruges gant is uh, that you keep hearing is um, in Belgium. It's these towers in Belgium, and there's this talks about Flanders, Flanders in the land and all that, that's, um, that's the country. So it's, I just think it's such an amazing song. But when I used to hear it, I did not know what the lyrics meant. You couldn't just Google anything back yeah, then right, to right. find out what they meant. And it still affected me deeply. So yeah. hopefully it will to others too. But the Sons of is actually translated into English, so... I also learned that Jacques Brel was the one who did that uh, song that I think was translated into If You Go Away. Hmm. <laughs> Take the away.
0: Judy Collins did that too. Oh, did she? Yeah. Well, I hear her voice doing it in my head.
1: Anyway, I, it's, I think that the actual lyrics of the that they are translating are often more powerful than what the anglicized version of it is but i don't know about sunset
0: interesting oh and before we forget before we sign off i wanted to make sure we mentioned that today is a very special day in our world
1: mary's birthday mary
0: lenz is having her birthday today and we wanted to make sure and wish mary a a happy birthday.
1: Especially because for a long time, we've been celebrating your birthday, Kelly's birthday, and Mary's birthday as sort of a joint birthday yeah, party.
0: That's true.
1: For a long time. That's yeah, true. I'm going to miss doing and that. And Alice's birthday
0: is coming up on Monday, too.
1: I know. I yeah. just feel like these occasions, it almost feels like this time since the pandemic, the right. time of year sort of evaporates. Yeah. It's true. All of the occasions that we're used to celebrating and having, these joyous times of gathering are are not possible. But, but I don't know. I think we might want to have a little surprise, don't you? Shh, shh.
0: Let's not let's not go there just then. Yeah, but you know, so we're there's a level at which we're grieving for, the lack of being able to contact our friends. So it makes Judy Collins even more appropriate, don't you think?
1: And Marika, you know, you can think it's. A version of Mary.
0: Wow, I hadn't <laughs> thought of that.
2: I, Marica Marica je t'aime ta Andre le tour de Bruges et I, Marika, Marika, il y a ontreleto der brugesand zonder lieve warme lieve weide winde stormwind zonder lieve warme lieve wende zijde reizen zij zonder lieve warme lieve lijd het licht het donker licht and should the son of my land my blood on my Flanders land Mi camarica la Ay, Marie-que, Marie-que, ciel flamant Color de tu rabrujegant Ai marica marica La ciel flamant lerra vec moi de brujagan Sonder lide va me lide va de, de vindasefini Sonder lide va me lide la fini Through summer and sure the. the thief, sons of the saint, who is the child with no complaint, sons of the great or sons unknown, all were children like your own, the same sweet smiles, the same sad tears, the cries at night, the nightmare fears